Somebody say, God, I'm listening. Young adult, front to the back, listen to me. This posture would change your life. This posture, God, I'm listening, it would change your walk forever. Do you guys believe that tonight? That in every season of life, we don't go, God, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What's supposed to happen tomorrow? We got to switch our perspective. God, I'm listening. What is the word you have for me today? What, what, are, you, what are you saying to me? Hands and heart wide open, ready to receive the word of God. That's what this series is about. God, I'm listening. My hands open and my heart's open. This verse is going to shake you. Acts Chapter 2, verse 17. How many of you guys believe we're living in the last days? The Bible, they, they corner Jesus. They corner Jesus in the New Testament. They say, hey, give us signs of your coming. He gives a bunch of signs. I got to encourage you. Listen, all those signs have been fulfilled. Everything Jesus said, hey, these are some signs that, that you know, I'm coming back. These are some signs, some things I'm going to give you so you know I'm about, I'm about to come back. I'm almost here. All these signs have been fulfilled. If you were in our book of Revelation series that we were in a couple months ago, you understand that the clock has stopped and we're waiting for Jesus to return. And in the book of Acts, this is a prophetic word over the church. This is a prophetic word speaking not into the moment but into the future. I believe speaking to us today. You guys with me? Back row, you with me? Middle row, you with me? Front row, you guys with me? Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. How many of you guys have the spirit of God inside of you, the Holy Spirit? If you believe in Jesus, his spirit is in you. It's working in you. And God says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. This was crazy. This is the part that gets nuts. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And the young men will see visions. Are there any children of God in this place tonight? Take this word into your heart and soul. That God has the ability and you have the capability to receive a word from God that will change the environment around you. That'll change the worlds of the people around you. To prophesy means that God speaks to you. Visions, that means that God shows you. You guys with me tonight? We need to hear from heaven. We need to have this mentality every day of our lives. God, instead of me doing a lot of the talking, yeah, I have some things I'm praying for. Yeah, I have some things I'm believing for. But I need to make room in my relationship with God to just listen. Because in the last days, God will be speaking. God will be showing. And if I'm not open to what God is doing, I can only be in my small little world with my small little problems, with my small little family, my small little people group, my small corner, when God has so much more in store for us. Like we're in a small situation and we're talking so much that God's word can't penetrate into our lives. We need to hear from heaven. We need to make room. We need to create space. We need to let the Holy Spirit lead us to discernment and to listen to the voice of God today in 2019. You think what's going to help you is money? No, what's going to help you is being able to listen to the voice of God. 
to know what business arrangement to make and what business arrangement not to follow. You think a love guru is what you need? No, no, no. You need the Holy Spirit to speak to you on who you should choose to walk this thing of life with. Think a, a, a self-help book is going to encourage you? You need the Holy Spirit in all moments to encourage you. Because God is speaking. And his Holy Spirit, it's powerful. Jesus is amazing. He is the one who saved us, who redeemed us, who paid the price. Easter Sunday, he died and rose again, but then he left and sent us his Holy Spirit to live with us in each day. Not that we will walk to the wells of the world, but we will walk to the well of God and receive, not only speak, not only throw questions, but receive answers and receive from God. Somebody say, God, I'm listening. When you look at scripture, God speaks. But here's what's interesting about what God speaks. Listen to me. God speaks, but he also has some questions. Every series, I'm sorry, every, every week this series, we're going to look at a question that God asks humanity. And tonight we're starting with the first question God ever asked mankind. The first question. You see, we love to put God on trial, but what happens when God puts us on trial? We, we love to create the narrative of our blessings based on our prayers. When God wants to bless you in a new way, different from where your prayers are, but you're, not, you're too busy asking and you're not too busy listening. We get so caught up in creating our own stories with the type of questions we have God. when we need to take time to listen. But what happens when God's word is a question? What happens when God gives you a question? And if you know Jesus, if you know the New Testament, Jesus is cornered so many times by people that ask him questions. He'll ask them a question after their question. What happens when God asks you a question? You know, it's the first question. God asks humanity, mankind. It's found in the book of Genesis. It's the title of tonight's sermon. Where are you? Where are you? Genesis 3, chapter 6 to 10. Chapter 3, verses 6 to 10. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. The forbidden fruit, you guys all know the story, Adam and Eve. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. How many of you guys love the Bible? Some of you guys are like, wow, I never heard this story before. <laughs> she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it they both just sinned verse 7 then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves so they sinned they noticed and they covered they sinned they noticed and they covered you guys with me verse 8 then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden, the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Isn't that funny? The God, the God you walked with every day, you're not trying to hide from. He's everywhere at once. He's all over the place at the same time. Tonight, when you pray before you go to bed, he's in all of our rooms. <laughs> That's so awesome, right? He's everywhere. He can do that. He's God. 
and they know that, and they still hide from him. Sin makes you stupid. It just makes, it makes you forget. He's everywhere. Sin makes you stupid. Verse 9, but the Lord, but the Lord called to the man. You guys with me? Stay, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Listen, God asking questions is not because God needs an answer. I don't know about you, but I think God knows the answer. Isn't that funny that God asks questions and he knows the answer? Why would God ask a question if he knows the answer? Why would he do that? Is that for God to think? Is that because God needs an answer? No. He knows the answer, and he asks me so I can learn from his wisdom and his perspective. God asking questions is not for him to think because he knows the answer. It's for me to think and find the answer. When God asks you a question, like, where are you? God is asking you tonight, where are you? Where are you? That's not for him to answer. That's for you to answer. Where are you in your walk with God? Where are you? In your relationship with God, where are the gaps? Because these gaps are bigger than you think. They're holding you down more than you think. They're stopping your ears from hearing my word more than you think. Where are you? And if you find the answer to that question, you can then see where God wants to move in your life. And the growth from where you're at to where you're going it's God's purpose for your life. You guys with me tonight? God can bless you with an answer, but be joyed when he asks a question because that means that you're in a position to grow. He knows the answer. He knows the answer. God can bless you with an answer, but be joyed when he asks a question because that means that you're in a position to grow. See, if you believe God knew where Adam was, you must pause to consider why God asked the question. I believe this. He wanted Adam to think. I didn't say feel. I said he wanted Adam to think. I didn't say experience. I said he wanted Adam to think. You know the questions Adam had to ask himself? This might be your question. What has sin done to me? What has sin, throw the question up, what has sin done to me? That's a question Adam has. He has to answer that. Where are you? It, it, it makes Adam ask the question. I was once in the presence of God. I was once in the perfect unity with God. And in Isaiah, it talks about how sin separates us from God, how us missing the mark moves us away from his presence, right? So it, it, it causes Adam to ask the question, what has sin done to me? Isn't that a question that we need to answer for the world today in our lives and in society? Listen, sin will kill you and everyone around you. If you let sin in, the inch you let in will turn into a mile. The small little corner of darkness will turn into a lobby of darkness. The, the little you give the devil, he'll break it through and expand it. But God is a gentleman. God will not go more than you would go. If you go 30, God will meet you 30. If you go 50, God will meet you 50. If you go 100, God will be there 100% of the time. And the enemy wants to, he wants to distract you. 
He wants to speak lies over you. He wants you chasing all of these other things. He wants you asking the wrong questions. But you need to answer this question. What is sin doing to me? What is sin doing to my relationship with God? What is sin doing with my, with my relationship with people? What is sin doing to me? What are, what are the effects of my decisions? What are the consequences I got coming my way based on my decisions? And when you answer that question, I don't think you'll run to sin quick enough. If you attach every temptation to a consequence, you double think. And the enemy has you twisted thinking all about the temptation and not about the consequence. Not about the effect it will do to you. It'll kill you. It'll destroy your relationships. It'll destroy your finances. And now you're worse off. And God was there the whole time, but you were too busy talking. You weren't listening to him asking you questions. What is sin really doing to you? What is that sin no one knows about really doing to you? What is it doing to you? It's killing you. It's killing you. He wanted Adam to think. I think the second question Adam had to think is, why did I leave God? Why did I leave? What happened in this walk that I fell and I forgot to get back up again? I stayed down and crawled and tried to run away from God. I stayed down and I crawled trying to work my way up. What happened in my walk with God that I left him? Listen to me. Some of you guys tonight, you're like, I don't leave God. Listen. Let's break this down into a micro scale. In your finances, are you leaving God out? I don't leave God. What do you mean? Yes, you do. You spend more money on things that mean nothing than investing into the kingdom of God. You, you take more time giving to things that will not bring back to you instead of giving to God what belongs to God. What do you, I don't leave God out. Yes, you, you leave God out in your relationships. That's why your church relationships are, are kind of all right, but every other relationship around you are all negative, destructive, and embarrassing to even talk about. You leave God out of your relationships. That's what will happen. I don't leave God. Yes, you do. You leave God out in your daily schedule. You have everything scheduled to do, think, eat, work out, sleep, and you forgot to add read the Bible, and you forgot to add prayer, and you forgot to add go to hope group, and now you're looking at God saying, I never left you. He's like, yes, you did. You didn't include me. I'm Lord of all. I'm Lord of nothing. I don't want to be your third Lord. I want to be your master. I want to be your leader. I want your whole life to, to be around the center, and I want to be the center. You guys remember that worship song? Jesus be the center of. Come on. <laughs> I'm listening to that tonight. Church jams. Jesus be the center. Man, that's a dangerous prayer. Because that means in everything in your life, something's got to give. In everything in your life, something has to bow to Jesus. Why did I leave God? What caused me to walk away from God in this area? I think another question he had for himself when God asked, where are you? He wanted Adam to think is, why am I running away from him? Adam and Eve covered and they hid. Covered and they hid. You need to ask yourself, why am I hiding from small groups? Why am I only going to church once every two months? Why? What's, what's, what's happening in me that I feel repelled by the Holy Spirit? What is inside of me that doesn't feel good? Because I need to get rid of it. Because I need this. Some of you guys are here tonight. You're like, man, I like how this love-hate relationship with God. 
because I love what he tells me, but whenever it comes to the part that I'm supposed to obey and walk it out, there's always some issues in there. And now you're coming in trying to receive and not do. You're trying to eat and not work out. And now we got these spiritual beasts not doing anything. It's awkward. It's awkward. Why am I running away from him? What am I keeping from God? Why do I keep distancing myself? No, 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 no. Can we do can we do church together? Like if the worship team's gonna be here practicing every week, rehearsing new songs, getting creative with worship. Can we just, like, match them with their energy and their faith every single Tuesday? If the preacher's showing up, if the worship team's showing up, if the parking people there two hours before service, how about we be the church together as a tribe? I'm not going nowhere. If it's Tuesday, I know people are worshiping God at 1143 Parnell Street, and I'm a part of that thing right there. I'm surrendering that side of me to God. Let's do church together. Why do I keep running from God? Why do I keep distancing myself away from the church, away from things that I know will bring life to me? That's because you're asking too many questions and you're not listening to the question that God has for you. The question, where are you, was posed to Adam, but it's actually directed to you and me. Somebody say, God wants you to think. Anybody got a best friend? Go best friend, that's my best friend. You better. I love that. You, you know, you, you and your best friend, sometimes you talk with your eyes. Or like, if you've been dating someone longer than three seconds, you kind of got like this eye chemistry. Like you want them to look at something, you're like. Like, oh, oh, what? <laughs> like you didn't say nothing, you just gave him the look, and they're like, I got you, I'm with you. How many of you have experienced that? Come on, that's the best thing ever. Like, bro, don't go in that bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> nonverbal communication. You know nonverbal communication is the majority of communication? Staring at each other. Listen, when God asks you a question and he wants you to think, you know what that is to me? That's God talking to you with his eyes. He's like, when God asks you a question, because he knows the answer. How, how's your giving? You know what I'm saying? I got the eyes. When God asks you a question, it's like that moment. Like he's giving you the lie. Like, how, how are you doing? I know the answer. I want you to answer it. <laughs> And I think God does that sometimes because there's, vo there's volume going, out, going around all around you. People are talking. Social media is screaming. Everyone's talking. Everything's buzzing. And instead of God talking, he's looking at you. You feel him looking at you. You feel him, but he's not saying anything. Why isn't he saying anything? Because he's speaking with his eyes. He's looking at you. And this is where some of you guys need to grow in God. Next idea. God isn't limited to only speaking through the pastor. He's looking at you with his eyes. 
You guys come to church, you close your eyes, and you open your ears. God, speak to me. When God can be speaking with the preacher and speak to you personally. So you're hearing and you're hearing. God isn't only limited to speaking to a pastor, y'all. Man, he'll wake you up in the middle of the night and just look at you. Why does God communicate that way? Why does he do that? Because what he wants you to understand cannot be communicated with the people around you. With the place you're in, with the season you're in, sometimes God talks and then God asks a question and gives you the eyes. Because there's something else he wants to say, but he wants it to come out of your mouth. There's something God wants to say, but he's going to use your mouth to say it. He's going to ask you, what are you? You're going to say, God, I need you in my life every day. He's going to ask you, where are you? You're going to say, God, I need to give more to you and to this church. He's going to ask you, where are you? I got to lay down this sin and this addiction in the name of Jesus because the God who loves me calls me to victory. He's asking you a question, and his answer is through your mouth. But are you willing to listen? Are you even hearing God? Or is he giving you the eyes, and you're like, what are you saying? Just speak already. Just talk to me. And he's like, for this to work, there needs to be chemistry. If you don't know how I work, you won't understand what I'm saying. If you don't understand who I am, you'll never get the context of my words. God's giving you the eyes tonight. Where are you? God isn't limited to speaking through the pastor. God isn't limited to only speaking through church services. God doesn't only speak to you when you're in, in church. That's a misconception we need to break in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen in the room tonight? God's Holy Spirit living inside of you gives you access to listen to the voice of God. God's Holy Spirit inside of you. The guy leading you to a better life. The guy pointing you in new directions. The guy in your heart, in your mind, challenging you to be different. Challenging you to go against culture. Challenging you to spread the gospel. That Holy Spirit within you gives you the ability to listen to the voice of God. Here's my leadership input. If you're a leader in the house, remember, what makes you a leader is your ability to jump into the calling of God in your life. Leadership input. You have the Holy Spirit that gives you the ability to discern. <laughs> Meaning someone says something, someone says something else, and the Holy Spirit within you says, that is of God and that is, that is not. Someone could say something about theology, it sounds kind of right. Someone could say something about theology, it sounds just right. And you could be able to discern what is the voice of God and what is a lie from the enemy. You guys here tonight? Like if someone comes up to you, hey man, I think it's time to walk away from church. You need to have the discernment in you that says, no, that is not a voice of God. That is a lie. If you're a leader, the Holy Spirit in you will lead you in ways you would never even imagine. To be able to walk by faith and not by sight. Leadership input number two, you have the Holy Spirit that gives you the heart of God. God says, listen, the world's going to know you're my people because of how you love each other. But because of how you act, how you walk, how you carry yourselves, the Holy Spirit in us brings the God out of us. Pastor, I'm not that good of loving people. Let God in and he'll let love flow through you. 
I'm not that good at being generous. Let God in in your entire life. Be in, engulfed in the presence of God. Be so just focused and, and, and laser beam walking straight to Jesus in the arms of God every day. And I promise you, you will see him move in ways you never even imagined. Psalms 32, verses 8 to 9. This is God speaking to you tonight. You guys here tonight? You guys with me tonight? It says in verse 8, I, God, I will instruct you. Some of you guys need instructions, not from your pastor. God wants to instruct you. God wants to build you up in the quiet and secret place. God wants to tell you that he loves you, not only in church, but in your closet, in your house, in your car, everywhere you are at work. God wants to speak to you, and it's the Holy Spirit inside of you that allows you to have ears to hear. God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eyes upon you. Oh, huh, like, we need counselors in our life. I believe we need counselors. But, oh, man, to live in the counsel of the Holy Spirit, to live with the instruction of God with you every day, not just on Tuesday nights. You guys with me? Number nine, verse nine, do not be the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose trappings include bits and brittle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. I don't know if you're aware about like old radio stations. You ever had like an old radio or something in your house that's kind of really old and you got to kind of get to the right channel? Sometimes you're flipping through channels and you get a lot of this white noise. But then if you just keep trying to find the tune, if you just keep your hand on the knob and you just kind of fine-tuned it, you worked it, you tested it, you tried new things. The more you began to move and play with the knob, it's the more clear the signal gets. And it's not that the message isn't being, it's not that the, the, the volume needs to come up. It's just that you're, you're catching the wrong frequencies. It's not that God's not speaking. He's yelling. I'm telling you, like when I'm in worship, I hear God on the whole room. He's speaking. He's healing. He's motivating. He's encouraging. He's breaking yokes. I hear him talking. Got to get in the right frequency. Got to. Cut the noise and find the right number. You must be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Number one, to be in tune, you got to test your signal. You got to test your signal. To be in tune with the voice of God, to listen to God on a daily basis, you need to test your, your signal. In the, in the lighting world, when something doesn't work, when a cable doesn't work, you connect the cable to a machine, the machine will reveal to you. It would give a test to the cable and say, this cable works, this cable doesn't work. This cable, is this clear for, for signals to run through or this cable is not good? It takes a test that lets you know where you're at. If you were to test your signal, how is my connection to God? I need to be in tune with God. I need to hear his Holy Spirit. How is my connection with God? Am I taking time in my life to pray to God? Am I taking time out of my day to create space to connect with the God of the universe? 
Am I too focused on my job? Am I too focused on my family? Am I too focused on making money? Am I too focused on my image? Am I too focused on things? Or am I focused on catching a message from heaven? You got to test your signal. How's my connection with God? How's my connection with the Bible? How's my connection in prayer? Number two, you need to test your ability to listen. God, am I only talking in my relationship with you or am I creating spaces to hear your voice? Are my prayers cluttered with my words and not enough for your words? Am I so focused on my plan that I forget about God's plan? Am I too busy talking that I'm not listening? Because God is talking. Test your signal. Test your ability to listen. Number three, test your spiritual walk. I didn't say test the spiritual moment. I said test your spiritual walk. I didn't say test your spiritual Tuesdays. I said test your spiritual walk. Test it. Test it. It says in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 to 9, the Apostle Paul writes, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. That's as plain as it gets. Test yourself to make sure you are solid in the faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 5 to 9. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. You need evidence. Check your heart. And God is at MBYA tonight saying to you, where are you? Lift your hands to heaven in this place. God is saying, where are you? Where are you? How's your heart? How's your mind? How's your soul? Close your eyes, lift your hands. Where are you? Where are you? Are you overwhelmed with anxiety? Are you too in tune with the word that the people are saying against you? Are you too in tune with the word of the enemy? Are you too in tune to the word of culture? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Where are you? God is calling out, where are you? Where's your heart? Where's your testimony? Where's your ability to listen? Where are you? Where are you? Go ahead and put your hands down. Every head bowed, eye closed. Holy Spirit is in this place. Listen to me. You're not here on accident. You're here on purpose. I'm going to do an altar call. A salvation call. The Bible says, what does it mean to be saved? To be saved is to simply believe that Jesus is Lord. And to declare that God raised it from the dead. And if you believe and confess in your heart that Jesus is Lord over your life, you will be saved. The Bible makes it simple. It's a confession that happens inside. It's a confession that happens in your heart where you say, I need a leader. I need a master. I need a Lord. I'm not leading my own life. I'm giving my will over to God. That's you joining the family. That's you 
joining the party in heaven. The Bible says whenever someone gets saved, there is a celebration in heaven. I believe there's going to be a party in heaven tonight. All over this room, every head bow, every eye closed. If you want Jesus, if you want the Holy Spirit, if you want God the Father reigning over you in your life, if you want Jesus, I'm going to ask you unafraid, unashamed to raise your hand at the count of three. All over this room, if you